Have you ever heard the name Natalie Palmquist? Well, you will soon, because that's the way it usually goes. You wind up hearing about people who change the world. And that's what the senior civil engineering student at the Samuel Ginn College of Engineering is doing, one amazing project at a time, in places like Bolivia, in places like Rwanda. So get your ears on and get ready to get educated. She's from Jackson Hole, and she's super smart, like Rhodes finalist smart. She's gearing up to go learn French for a year in France, and she already speaks Turkish for crying out loud. Turkish. Ladies and gentlemen, Natalie Palmquist. Well, I have a wonderful electronic invention I want you to see. It, it looks something like this. You're listening to the Hashtag Getting Podcast, brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering. Welcome one, welcome all. We are back for another episode. Yet again, it is still going. The Hashtag Getting Podcast, the official podcast of the greatest engineering department in the land, the Samuel Ginn College of Engineering. I'm Jeremy Henderson, a communication specialist in the Office of Communications and Marketing. I'm the greatest hire in the last six months. You're the and only hire in the last six months. Well, whatever. And uh, joined always, as always, uh, by Austin Phillips, the assistant director of the communications and marketing office here. And then Marcus Klutz. Marcus, Marcus, Marcus. He handles everything. He handles the boards. He handles everything. We are joined by the, apparently the greatest engineering student Auburn has ever produced, Natalie Palmquist of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Natalie, why in the world did you come here from Jackson Hole, Wyoming? Let's start there. Okay. Well, welcome. Thank I mean, you. And I, I don't mean that sincerely. I mean, nope. I'm, not, I'm not trying to joke well, around. I'm, I mean, people people are talking. Yeah, no pressure. People no are pressure. talking. I mean, I mean, you've got some you've got some uh, good things on your uh, your resume. Am I right? But 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 first, Jackson Hole, because that was the first thing I saw. I was like, Jackson Hole. What in the world? Not Jackson's Gap. <laughs> yep. Jackson's Hole? <laughs> yeah. Um, my, my family's in Jackson Hole right now. Um, and my parents actually worked at a guest ranch for a long time there. And got to go to high school at Jackson Hole High School. Loved the town. It's a beautiful place, obviously. If anyone is into skiing, it's a great place to ski. Um, and when senior year came around, I was looking at a lot of different schools. I was looking at Michigan State. Um, University of Wyoming was obviously up there on the list. And then Auburn came to my list as well. And thankfully, I qualified for a scholarship here and so convinced my mom to tour. And when we came down, saw the campus, got to meet with Dr. Karcher and had a really wonderful just experience here, we said, you know what? We think this is the place to be. Um, unfortunately, when we met with the scholarship advisors, we realized that the scholarship was not stackable with another scholarship I would have qualified for. So when I thought that my tuition would be comparable to the University of Wyoming, um, it wasn't. And my mom and I left a little disappointed, like, man, we felt really good about this school. We really want you to be able to be here, but uh, we don't know if we can make it work financially. And our tour guide just said, wait on the departmental scholarships. You don't know what will be coming through. And so we did. We waited. And about 12 days later, I got a really great notice from the College of Civil Engineering specifically. And they were able to cover the remaining of my costs. And so I was so excited, ran to my mom and told her, yeah, I can go to Auburn. She War said, Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, War <laughs> yeah. Eagle. <laughs> 
you uh, you participated into some distinguished young women um, competition, you know, in high school that kind of got you exposed to some of our uh, our Hundred Women Strong programs. So talk about how that affected your decision to look into Auburn. Yeah, so distinguished young women was what put Auburn on the map for me. I, coming from Wyoming, was not a big sports fan, hadn't known much about Auburn um, or anything in the SEC, really. And I did compete in Distinguished Young Women, what used to be known as Junior Miss. And in Wyoming, it was a really small program, and I was able to win for the state, and it was really fun. My talent was singing, and I sang On My Own from Les Mis. Love that song. Uh What a song. Uh I was about to say, (laughs) I see an end segment here. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) So it was really great, and I had a wonderful time, and the national competition is in Mobile, Alabama. And so that was a great experience, exposed me to Alabama basically for the first time, and that's what put Auburn on the map for me. They had a bunch of schools that were listed as – schools that would take on state finalists or state winners with a certain ACT. And Auburn, just by virtue of alphabetical order, was on the top. And that got me looking to the school and got me to tour and all of that. So it was really great. The Sumo Young Women became a weekend that really altered the trajectory of my college career for sure. During your time here, you have been um, very active, leading even uh, some of our Engineers Without Borders uh, trips where we've made numerous trips to Bolivia, uh, to Rwanda, and now working uh, in southwest Alabama in the Black Belt in Lowndes County, uh, working on sustainability projects. How'd you get involved with that, and, and how has that changed your life? Because you, you have been immersed in pretty much one of the faces of, of that program over the past couple of years. So coming into Auburn, I knew I wanted to get involved in Engineers Without Borders. I had interned with an engineering company between my junior and senior year of high school, And I shadowed a water wastewater engineer, told her that I really liked civil engineering because it had a huge impact in international development. And she said, Natalie, you should definitely look into EWB and see um, where you could get involved with that. So I actually only looked at schools that had active programs. Now, Auburn's program was unique because they did have a group of students who were doing this development work in Bolivia, but they weren't yet an official EWB chapter. They were waiting to sign their charter. And so it was a very special first semester for me. My freshman year, 2014, was when our president that year, Jake Lovelace, got to sign our chapter charter. And every single year since then, there's been big changes with EWB, and I've been really proud to be part of the organization. So 2014 was the signing of of the charter, 2014 and 15. And then that following year, we adopted our first official EWB project, which was Rwanda. And that's when we started getting involved working in Africa. And the following year, we made our Bolivia project an official EWB project, which was also a huge success for our group. And... The year after that, we were, we said, okay, let's just stay steady and, and try and, you know, do really well at the things that we have in our hand. And then a new opportunity came up to work in Alabama with Lowndes County. And that was huge. And so now we got the ball rolling with that. And we have three very active projects and great participation among students across the College of Engineering. So what are you, what are you actually doing, like, over there? So for each location, we have different engineering design projects. And in Bolivia, we are designing irrigation systems. So the design involves both the technical design and the construction management and 
funding for supplies. So we're helping the community with both engineering expertise and just financial resources with everything that we can fundraise. And then in Rwanda, we're designing water distribution systems. So those have been mostly gravity-fed pipelines that are bringing drinking water to local schools and to community centers. And we're looking to work on water purification technologies, though a lot of the water there, because it's groundwater, is is very clean or a lot cleaner than we had originally expected. And then Lowndes County has a lot of local issues with septic systems and sewer and wastewater treatment. And so we're partnering with a cluster of homes there to kind of do a localized treatment system because they're too far away from the main treatment plant to tie in to that municipal treatment center. And so we're looking at new alternatives for treating wastewater. For those people who are unfamiliar with Engineers Without Borders, your group that's about six, uh, six, six, seven that travel, you guys are paying, you know, putting part of that, investing your own money and time. You don't get credit, class credit for this, do you? Yeah, we do not. Do not. And are going, you know, across the world, different continents and making differences, tangible differences in the world. And that's just so amazing that. I look back at my time in, in college and thinking what I was doing and, and just seeing this group and what you what all y'all are doing and just how invested you are. Uh, I mean, that, that, I got a high Gallagher score one time <laughs> over at Foy. It was pretty good. Was about, you get a plaque or December 8th. For that. Yeah, 97. It was awesome. Uh, yeah. But like I said, uh, I was meeting with, uh, as you mentioned, Bob Karcher uh, had headed this group for years. And I was not aware that y'all didn't get class credit. And uh, our engineering global programs have grown exponentially. We're in China. We're in Germany. uh, But these groups to Bolivia and Rwanda have been a steady source of just – it's hard to put into words of of the impact that y'all are making. And I'm sure for you all – it's just as big. You're, you're getting probably just as much as you're giving. Yeah. And we get that question a lot. Like, why do you do this when you don't get class credit and when you have to pay? And I think that speaks so much to the program because we really love it. And we love getting to interact with the community and make a difference with engineering. And it puts a really awesome group of students in the same place to work together because all of these students want the same thing. They want to apply what they're learning in a very altruistic way. And so it's a lot of people who think really similarly and are very global minded. And I think it puts us in a place that stretches us to think about poverty in a new way. And it's really fun to discuss with EWB members, you know, the economics behind poverty or the most efficient ways to really work with international development. And suddenly having a group of engineers joining this conversation of international development and what aid should look like, I think is incredibly valuable. So Engineers Without Borders offers a pretty unique service in that regard, that it's not only servicing the communities and providing sustainable solutions to meet their basic human needs, but also raising up leaders, which is part of their mission in the engineering field to continue to solve the world's most pressing challenges. And we are we are fortunate that uh, past couple of Tiger Giving Days, we've been able to 
to help raise some money uh, for the group. We have one anonymous donor who past several years has given $25,000 each year to help support this group. So what, what, what does it mean for you all to know that there are alumni out there who are believing what you're doing and and really support it and get behind it? Even some people, Melissa Hurt has gone on the trips to Bolivia. So, I mean, we, we have alumni who are totally invested in, in the change that you all are making around the world. I have been incredibly grateful for Auburn alum and specifically through Engineers Without Borders because financing is always our limiting factor. It's never projects. It's never student involvement. We have plenty of students and even advisors, which is often a problem for a lot of the other EWB chapters. But we have six really active advisors who love what we do. But of course, we need to fund the projects. And so the Anonymous donation of $25,000 has really kept us going for years and the continued support of the College of Engineering through Tiger Giving Day and that just constant flow from alumni support has been given us the opportunity to do what we're doing. And so we could not thank them enough. I didn't realize I'd marked it anonymous. <laughs> um, <laughs> I said thousand. Yeah. <laughs> my, yeah. My bad. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I was doing a little casual LinkedIn stalking. As you do. And I see two languages on there that you have listed. Yes. English being one. Very good. (laughs) Turkish. What? How'd that happen? So like fluent in Turkish? Yes. I am fluent in Turkish and I've been part of (laughs) to say. Are we gonna have to that sounds right. That (laughs) That sounds right. Are we gonna have to cut (laughs) bleep button? Uh, so yeah, how that how that how that happened? So my parents, they Some random Rosetta Stone Summers. <laughs> no, that that wouldn't get me there. Um, my parents actually um, were really invested in an international community and involved in their church, and so they worked with the international church in Istanbul as I was growing up. And so from six years old to 14 year old years old, I was living in Istanbul, Turkey. I went to elementary school there, most of middle school there. And I was in Turkish school, so you just develop the language that way. And it's been really great to be at Auburn and to have a Turkish community here to practice my language with, get to have baklava and enjoy Turkish tea. It's a really wonderful time. Every time I step into a Turkish person's home here, it feels like a little part of the country. So Damn. I really enjoy it. Well, there you go. <laughs> See, I can barely speak English. <laughs> Uh, I'll brag on you here a little bit. Uh, some recent news, uh, the American Society of Civil Engineers named you as uh, one of the 2019 new faces of civil engineering. Uh, how how honor, honored is that uh, to be recognized, not only locally, but here on a national level of the impact that you're making? I was very honored by the award and super grateful for the recognition just by faculty here. Um, it was one of my one of my professors who recommended me and said, Natalie, I think that you should apply for this or you should put your name up because you're really qualified. And that just meant a lot to know that he noticed and saw what the students were doing within his department. And then getting recognized and seeing my involvement next to the other 10 or the other nine students was a really cool experience because a lot of us are doing very similar things. Multiple of the new faces were involved in their schools, engineers without borders chapters or did international engineering work. And so it was really great to see that ASCE is recognizing the impact that students can make internationally and 
putting that message out to all of civil engineers about the impact that civil engineering does have. I, I think you're too good for the Rhodes Scholarship. <laughs> Frankly, yeah, they, they made a mistake. I mean, I, my I, gosh, I demand a recast. No, seriously, <laughs> but no. So talk about that a little bit because that's that's a big deal that people instantly recognize that name. I mean, that was that was one of the things you were recently nominated. How, what, what's that process like? I mean, you, you open up in the mail and like, oh, look at that. I'm a yeah, Rhodes finalist. That <laughs> was that was another thing that made me really grateful for Auburn and how well they like notice and pick out their students because I was actually presenting at a. Talons Day for Engineers Without Borders, the theme was an Auburn degree can take you anywhere and not just anywhere in your career, but literally anywhere globally and talked about EWB traveling. And the advisor for National Prestigious Scholarships, Dr. Paul Harris, was there talking about NPS and how to apply. And he leaned over and you know, said, when are you graduating? I was a junior at the time. And he asked me a little bit about my scholastics and then said, I think you should meet me in my office and we could talk about applying for some of these scholarships. So I was really flattered and I was really grateful to go meet him in his office. And I thought I'd apply for Fulbright because that's a very internationally focused award and it will take you almost anywhere. And then as we got to talking and he found out about just my service interests, he said, I think that your goals line up really well with the Rhodes Scholarship. And at the time, I was thinking what everyone is thinking, you know, who really qualifies for the roads? Like, who can apply for those things? Um, but he was very confident. And he said, you have a really solid resume and I will help you through this process, walk you through this process. And so I was really encouraged to be convinced to apply for the roads and went through the process. It is not as rigorous as most people would think. It was just a single personal <laughs> statement, but you had to spend hours working on that thousand words and making sure it really reflected who you were. And then, th then you submit that with your resume and with eight letters of recommendation. I think that's what kind of gets it for a lot of people. It's hard to get eight letters of rec, but there's very supportive faculty who were happy to write one for me. And we put together the application packet and sent it in. I was amazed when I got the email. I was so excited. I was sitting in a classroom by myself and jumped up and down literally like, wow, I get to interview for the roads. Um, and then even that process became a really valuable self-reflective time because suddenly you think, wow, I have a chance to go and study at Oxford. This would be incredible. And it's about a, a week long break between them letting you know that you have an interview and the actual interview because they don't want prepped candidates. Right. And I think that's really valuable on behalf of the roads to try and weed that out. And so I flew up to Salt Lake City, and that's where they were having my district's interviews and got to meet 13 other candidates who were also really incredible people, and it was really fun. But none of them spoke Turkish. <laughs> I was the only Turkish speaker mm -hmm. in the group, but I there were it. some other languages that you probably were probably shouldn't have written the thing in Turkish. That's probably what <laughs> that would have been. Over they, they could yeah. understand it. <laughs> you are uh, obviously going places. Uh, what are you going to miss the most about the loveliest village? when you're off doing amazing international things for the good of the world? I will miss the War Eagles for sure. They'll, they'll, you won't miss them. They'll always <laughs> I guess be they'll around. be around. Just, just wear a <laughs> shirt. You'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> Which is always very encouraging. I think the fact that, and again, this is something that I might not need to miss, 
is the Auburn family is a real thing. And you go places and you meet people with an Auburn insignia on, on their shirt and suddenly you have a connection. My dad, who was working for the ranch my sophomore year of college, he was giving a Yellowstone tour on snowmobiles to some guests and he took off his jacket and he had an Auburn sweater on and they said, wow, War Eagle, like, what is your connection to Auburn? And he said, oh, my daughter goes there. And they were both alumni. And so they said they did not know me. They barely knew my dad. They said, wow, if she ever wants, we have a lake house up by Lake Martin. Her and her friends can just go hang out and Man. spend the day there. And so I just thought, wow, you know, <laughs> Auburn is a really great community. And people just trust each other here, care for each other here, and, and support each other here. Do you still have their information? <laughs> I, I, I do, and we've used their lake house once. Okay. So. Hey, that's awesome. <laughs> What's next for you? So this coming year, um, I'm getting ready to take a gap year and study language in France. I'll be in Grenoble, France, studying French. I have no French background, only Turkish. So it uh, will je be... Je parle français un peu. <laughs> I got something about... There you go. I got something over a road <laughs> file. Hey, How about Let's that? fill your application yeah. now. You, we won't get the eight letters for you, Jeremy. <laughs> so I've... France. Wow. Yes. And how did you get turned on to this and, uh, and make this decision to, to do this? So... I, through Engineers Without Borders, have gotten very involved in Rwanda. And Rwanda obviously used to have French influence as a colony, but is now transitioning to English. But there's still a lot of French language spoken there. And I could see myself spending significant time there in Rwanda and Burundi area. And so I thought this would be a good time to really develop my language skills. And French will just be a slightly more useful international language than Kinyarwanda, which is the local language of Rwanda. Um, and my parents, being as international as they are, had some connections in France through a church there and were able to get me connected to housing and things like that. And so it just fell into place and it felt like a really good time to try and set aside and learn this new skill we oui. yeah <laughs> rock and roll that's awesome yeah, thanks so much the uh the rumors are true you are <laughs> awesome a turkish delight <laughs> that's, that's as true it were. Yeah, ha having gotten to um you know write some stuff we've done we've worked together on some of these tiger giving day we worked together on a magazine story which i hope is framed in the parents home I just uh, got a copy of it. Oh, I was okay. pretty happy. Good. Um, but I've just been, you know, what Jeremy, a lot of what he heard probably came came from me because I've, I've been, been sick of it. Really. <laughs> I've been thoroughly impressed by what you've done. And, and as I as I talked with Bob Carter, as I talked with these people who that you've worked with, I mean, you're a shining star. And I, I can't wait to look down the road 10 years, have you come back for a football game and, and see where you are because it's going to be the highest of the highs. And um, you truly are a shining star here for the college and only big things for you natalie thank you so much war eagle war eagle war eagle